Hey everyone, it's Tom here, back with another episode of Alpha Metallica. We are in deep, there's no turning back now. We are, you know, fully engorged on 72 seasons, and we're going to be talking about the second track on that album today, that is Shadows Follow. But just before I do that, I just want to point you to the many ways in which you can support. Just send me an email. Like, I love to hear from you guys. I love to hear your thoughts on our thoughts on the songs. So get in touch with MetallicaPod at gmail.com. And as I mentioned in the first episode, in the episode I did with John as well, the SM2, Return to the Fold, I will be continuing Alpha Metallica after 72 seasons. So let's say you're new on the Alpha Metallica train and you do want to come on, you do want to hop on, you do want to talk to old Tom about some Metallica, then I am going to be covering the entirety of the blacklist, which I think I'm going to regret. I think about halfway through, I'm going to be like, this is too much. I can't. I can't listen to another Nothing Else Matters, you know, but I want to tackle the bands. I want to tackle, obviously, the covers. If you're into one of those bands, get in touch with me, MetallicaBuddyGym.com. Also looking to do other episodes as well. Of course, you can support us on Patreon. So we have brought the Patreon back. So you can listen a week in advance, a week ahead of schedule, the next Alpha Metallica episode. So if you want to listen to Screaming Suicide right now, you can go support an Alpha Metallica and get access to that. You know, you get the RSS feed, download to your phone, etc. And we've got lots of fun episodes that we'll be doing around the main sort of 72 seasons log as well i don't really want to give away spoilers yet because i've not recorded them but they are confirmed i've got quite a big music author non-metallica author on the show to talk about the relationship between metallica and a band that he's covered in a couple of brilliant books i also just the other day lars was on club random bill mayer's club random and uh i've got a kind of love hate relationship with bill to be honest with you and club random's a bit of a weird vibe but it's kind of a cringe fest if you're not familiar it's where bill can let loose outside a politically incorrect or whatever i know that hasn't been on was it real time and he can he can light a clove cigarette as he's wont to call them with his disturbingly lanky greasy hair i don't know bill mayer's hair freaks me out but i'll get to that in the episode so lars is on that i'm rambling now what else we have spotify you can reach us you know via itunes leave us a review on there we're there on all the platforms go back through the archive as well i want to urge you to go back through the archive i am super proud looking back i was like god damn you know we really did it (laughs) we really covered all those songs for good and for bad you know one of the joys of tackling these news tracks and bringing the whole train back onto the station is that we get old guests we can get people that i've had good conversations with episodes i look back on fondly and you know we can rekindle for a brief moment and chat about metallica again so my guest today join me for two episodes in the later run of the show so this is around 2019 may and september so we had episode 113 covering the prince and episode 146 covering tuesday's gone rick how's it going it's going great, Tom. Great to have you back and excited that there's some new Metallica music to talk about. Me too. And what was that excitement for you like? So when when we last spoke, um, you know, which we just said just off air, like, you know, before COVID and, and all this sort of thing, so many things have changed. But have Metallica been a regular companion for you in your listening habits? Or Yeah, absolutely. Um, I you probably don't remember, but I'm a, I'm a big Metallica fan, but I'm mm. not the biggest Metallica fan. Right, right. I've grown with them over my entire life, and uh, so they've always been right there with me. Um, I certainly enjoyed, you know, the entire legacy of Hardwired and the post-Hardwired period. Mm -hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to get to the 40th anniversary shows in San Francisco. Oh, I didn't realize you were there. That's amazing. Yep. Wow. I was lucky enough to be able to get to that, which was a great experience. So, yeah, they've always been there, and, uh, you know, when, when Lux premiered out of the blue, I was pretty stoked. Mm. Yeah, me too. Me too, actually. And I think we've had a little bit of time to live with this record. I mean, we're, we're recording this essentially less than 72 hours since the release. I mean, we're recording it on the Wednesday after the Friday. But yeah, Lux is... 
I think that's still a standout for me. Yeah, we could. I mean, I don't want to no. take anybody else's luster for talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can talk generally about the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there are probably two to three like top tier Metallica songs. Lux is one of my favorite Metallica songs of recent memory. Just mm. you know, hardwired of really anything since the, the Thrash days. It's just an outstanding song, it is. Uh, and and uh, and I think it set the bar so high that everything that kind of followed it was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but but you know, I've I've really listened to this album. I've listened to Shadows Follow independently of the mm-hmm. you know its place in their album. I've tried to kind of listen to it, giving it some space, taking a couple hours off, taking a day off to really give it some time. Yeah. But at the same time, also listen to it within the you know where it's placed in the album. And and so yeah, I think there's some real some good stuff on the album. I think there's some good stuff in the song. I think there's some eh, stuff in the album. It's some eh, stuff right. in the song. I think it's kind of modern Metallica, and and that. Uh, I understand why people would say it, you know, it fits the hardwired mold. I, I think it, the album does. I think this song does. So, yeah, uh, it, there's a lot of excitement and there's also some realization that, look, we're, we're, re- we're reaching the end here. These guys are, uh, are we're lucky that they're still putting out music, I think. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe not all of it's for me, but a lot of it still is. So let's get into the track then, Shadows Follow, which is initially when you're just first digesting this album is is an exciting moment because it's the first, you know, Metallica song that you haven't heard yet, you know, that you've seen on the track listing. And we kick in with some, you know, some like justice grumbling. Wouldn't say it's necessarily the most exciting music on a visceral level or that intellectually stimulating. I mean, it's kind of what Metallica are just very good at doing. And I don't mean it's a negative way, but kind of treading water around a riff you know, they'll sort of chug and one guitar will build it and the other will go there. And I'm thinking like Shorty Straw and stuff like that, you know, a lot of that Justice era, um, 72 Seasons. You know, it's what a lot of dual pronged attack bands kind of do. But I can't help but feeling, Rick, that this section, I think it's like 40 seconds or so, it's just a little indulgent, really. We have the main riff, then there's the key change, then they sort of hang on those final chords. This is all before we've got into the actual, you know, what you would call the heart of Shadows follow. Like, I, I don't know about you, I thought it was just a little bit too much there, that intro. Yeah, I think, I think you know, taking a step back about the song specifically and how that intro fits in it, it it's kind of... It's kind of what if if AI wrote a Metallica song these days, it would probably write a song like this. It's got kind of an intro that doesn't really fit anywhere else in the album mm. in the song. Maybe it's repeated at the end. Um, it's got a bit of a you know a bit of a drum riff. It's got a, a pattern that's kind of a little you know unique. Doesn't really fit within the rest of the song. Kind of gets you introduction, um, and then it's got that kind of additional like you said that that play on the riff. It moves up the fretboard. Mm. It, when it I actually enjoyed that part, you know, as it is, but it doesn't really fit. Just it just it's just a way for them to not have to go into the the verse that quickly. Yeah. Um. And 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 then it's completely different than the riff itself. The main, you know, the main riff mm-hmm. of the song that played through the verses and then kind of played out through the song. So, so it's a nice way to introduce it, but it's kind of rote Metallica, I think, at this point. It is, and it, you know, it's a symptom of a bigger problem, really, that runs through the album and, and runs through kind of you know later Meta- i mean metallica have always done long songs don't get me wrong you know i think one of the beauty parts of say ride though and, and master and kill em all is the shorter songs that just pack so much in but even if you think of like and justice for all for example which I've, I've always said on the podcast you can go back i think it's like the fourth episode or something you know it would have been very very early i always felt that the, the kind of middle section where master has that beautiful arpeggio section and that harmonies justice doesn't really have that they just repeat the intro riff with distortion it just mm. i don't know it always just felt a bit like you know a bit, bit of a waste for me but yeah um 
Um, I think it would have been better if maybe they just went into that riff, that gnarled riff that you mentioned, the main riff, because especially when you're considering the album, you're coming off the back of 72 Seasons, the song, which, uh, you know, listen to the past episode with Kevin, but, you know, we discussed that, you know, it's just... You don't, almost don't need that third verse, third chorus. Like, you know, it's just the song is a little too long. So it would have been nice if it just this catch and release and it goes into that main riff. Yeah, what do you think of that? The, 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 the sort of gnarly riff then? I mean, it's quite satisfying, isn't it? The Shadows Follow riff. You mean the main lyric? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's yeah. very, it's kind of, you know, I think Metallica has a swing to it when mm-hmm. it plays that kind of stuff that, that I think is... It, it, honestly, it's not what I listen to Metallica for. I enjoy it in some degree. Yeah, um, I think you know, I you know, playing within those that part of the fretboard over and over in different combinations can get a little uh, <laughs> dingy to me over yeah. over the years. But again, I'm not I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's what James no. is really good at coming up with those kind of bluesy rock, um, metally blues rock riffs, and and you know, it's fine. Um, I don't particularly find it particularly memorable, but I, I no. Yeah, it kind of it kind of puts me in the okay. I'm sitting back. I'm I'm following that with with Lars's boom bap boom bap boom mm. bap. You know, kind of moves you along, gets the head nodding, and kind of okay. I know what kind of song we're gonna get now. We're gonna get kind of that mid tempo, you know, blues rocker that you know some would say is the load album type stuff. But but I you know we've done a lot of that on Hardwired as well, and I think it's I think it's fine, but not particularly memorable. <laughs> no, no, and it's like like we said on the show before, Hardwired to me is kind of like a, a synthesis between Load and Reload and Death Magnetic. It's kind of those bluesy kind of constructions, but it's still got that edge to it. And yeah, the riff isn't that memorable. It does, for me, it, it works well thematically. It has a pounce, has this kind of hunting kind of kind of snap to it that I quite like. I think in terms of an actual melody, yeah, it's not like a really singable, you know, it's not like a Wilco riff or something where you're like, oh yeah, that's a real earworm. You're just like, okay, this is just quite workmanlike riff. These are the sort of riffs that Metallica in the past have built good songs on, you know, and I think if there is good execution behind it and a good solo, okay, maybe I'm hoping for too much there, but, you know, if there are those sort of things and these are the building blocks on which you can create a song, like you mentioned last before, but, yeah, it's a little bit like the sort of thing James can do in his sleep. It's fine, and it's interesting, just on the point of um, beginning with the riff, which I think is very, very underrated, actually, and Metallica rarely do it. There's actually only one time on the album that they do it, even Luxaturna, has a goddamn mini intro. I mean, a tiny one, admittedly, but it do- it doesn't go straight into the riff. Lux Turner. It's actually uh, too far gone, which um, is, yep. is a kind of highlight for me of the album. One of my favorites of the album so far. And uh, we we get into the verse, and I I, I must say, for out Rick, and I'm, I'm sure you notice as well. Everyone has been commenting on this. James sounds absolutely incredible. It makes me so happy how good he sounds on this record. I completely agree. I think there's even a little bit of a rasp, additional yeah. rasp voice i don't know if it's intentional or if i'm just hearing it when it it was also in some of the like a hardwired stuff but it definitely mm-hmm. definitely has a bit of like a strain to it and again i don't know if he's like singing just a little bit higher up on the, the melodies are just a little bit higher up and that's the impression i'm getting it may not be true but it's just so it feels like there's a little bit of strain a little bit of rasp and there's just a little bit of stretching going on and it sounds great i mean he does it amazingly well yeah yeah i hear that i definitely do hear that and it, and it works definitely that that stress that he's putting on it lyrics though lyrics on this tune yeah. Not a huge fan. For me, it's sort of the quite base language. My mind is code red and stuff like that. Like, it just, it feels a little bit... And and James likes to get into these shapes, which, to be fair, again, you know, lots of great Metallica songs do this. Like, I'm thinking, like, this kind of word soup that he likes to do, liquefied, tranquilized, prophesized, etc. You know, you hear it in Blackened, for example, you know, in in the bridge. What do you make of the lyrics? Yeah, I don't, they don't stand out particularly in any way. Again, again, a little bit of a James Hetfield could write a song like this about, you know, the struggles he's facing. Yeah. And how 
uh, you know, what he does stays with him and impacts him going forward. Uh, you know, again, it probably do that in his sleep. Um, again, not bad. I, I couldn't do it. No. <laughs> and, uh, and there are, and there, you know, there's something about the, I'm thinking these, I look at these lyrics more as how do they, how are they impacting the melody and the music? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I don't think the words themselves telling me anything. Oh, definitely. But I, so I think they, I think they fit well with that kind of swinging riff and that kind of propulsive beat that yeah. Lars is playing. And, and he, and in that, in, in, in that first verse, especially he does that cut and run, try to hide, get away. Like he does this real fast, snappy, boom, 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 boom lyrics that yes. are a little different than the, you know, four or five words pipeline that he does a lot of so i i like how that's a propulsive i'm i'm trying to move ahead but you know, the words are kind of propelling the, the the melody along and the song along more than what they're saying i think is more interesting yeah yeah i mean as has been the case for a long time for me Metallica, really and that's no slight to james or anything but yeah i just think in terms of melody and and his delivery that's what really stands out and yeah the, the verse da, 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 like it does have a kind of bop to it definitely and yeah. you know we, we get into the chorus which I do actually really like the seething breathing section. I like the slight down tempo, the, the recuperative kind of nature of that. But I feel like it resolving into the on I run still my shadows follow, which is just very syncopated. On I run still my shadows. It's like the chords can't really do anything melodically underneath him. They're just this percussive blast, which is fine. But I almost feel like the seething breathing is like a good pre-chorus that could give way to quite a big chorus that resolves with shadows follow and then into that riff. You know, I just I almost like feel like there's something missing there. I, I just felt like it was a bit lacking. Yeah, I think that's I, I, I actually reversed it. I, I like the I like the percussive nature mm. of and matches everything matches the, the, the words and the singing at that time. But I do I completely agree that this is one of those songs where it always seems like it could go to that next level and yeah. take it to another step. And and, you know, what one thing that they do a lot of is they have a pre-chorus that is almost as long or as, as interesting as the chorus. Mm-hmm. And then the chorus, a lot of times that I think especially lately, a lot of times the pre-chorus is a little bit slower, a little bit more of a moody thing. And then it bursts into a chorus i mean that 72 seasons does that super well yeah it's a great example of that and that here it doesn't quite get that it's just kind of this like short pre-chorus combination chorus that doesn't really go anywhere it's it's atmospheric it's a little bit different it's got the harmonies it's you know it's something but i kind of think it i i'd like it to go a little bit farther and maybe have Uh kind of a second after the chorus we either even it could take the riff or do something more 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 unique that that that's a little bit more memorable and and I mean overall in in terms of the lyrical themes of the song, I mean it, it's kind of classic hair, isn't it? Darkness following you everywhere, you know, refusing to leave you, being part of you. Like it is, you know, typical kind of metal songwriter ilk, isn't it? Really, that he's drawing from here, the inkwell. Yeah, there's nothing that the only thing that James Hetfield loves more than his shun words are wolf songs. You know, <laughs> he's got wolves chasing him. He's running at a wolf. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, almost every one of those songs are one of are some of my least favorite songs. Not because of the, the it just they, those songs just never worked for me. Um, a wolf of man. Black album, no, oh, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Of we can go into a whole other story about how <laughs> the second black album is a travesty. But anyway, wow, that being said, so, so, it's, it's got, it's got check the Patreon fun. for this episode. That would be for subscribers only. <laughs> I don't want people to turn off. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so you know, again, it's 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 like Stock Hetfield. You know, it's, mm. at some point he's going to have a thing about being chased by demons or something, and <laughs> and you know, again, it's he, it's fine. He does it well, but I could just see him kind of coming in one day and saying, "Oh, I got a new song," and then like having it done in twenty minutes. This whole song was written. You know, it took him. It, it doesn't take, seem like it came out of like there was any real creativity beyond 
what be creativity that matches what they're capable of and, mm. and capable. And again, that's fine. I mean, he's written forty songs for forty years. That's that's not easy oh, to definitely. do to continue to yourself. No, and and if he, he's got a sweet spot that that and they've got a sweet spot for building these kind of structures of songs. And it gives them a couple songs an album that just keeps keeps it simple for them and lets them really focus their attention on other things else. Great, um, I can live with that. No, no, absolutely. And and like, yeah, I think the genius of Hetfield, like, just to touch on something you said before as well about the riff and the blues riff and how they're all coming from just this tiny field of notes, really, that he's drawing from, where so many, you know, the, the hardwired riff, which sounds very similar to the seventy-two seasons riff, which sounds very similar to that was just your life riff. And I'm not trying to be trite here by saying they're similar. I know they are very different, but it's like you know, even myself, like. I've I've just moved into my first place and I I just I'm not you know an amateur musician or whatever but I like to play for fun and I bought a bass and I've just been writing riffs and stuff and I was just thinking today I was like how does Hetfield how does he find stuff underneath the floorboards that everyone else is tilling this ground like so yeah if if these things allow him to create with these kind of habits like like the wolf stuff you know he likes to liken himself to being a lichen like there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> and he does have this slightly like again maybe I'm reading a little too into it the lyrics and stuff like that but there is this kind of almost like old timiness to it just even the way that um you know on i run sort of that people don't really speak that way like you know closing in no it won't let me be like you know this sort of and and sometimes you know lyrics just work in a song don't they and they're a bit dry on the page like any cost fulfill a destiny sounds very dragon force the end of the second verse but obviously it's not and obviously when you listen to the song it does work for what it is so on we go throughout the song. Kind of post-chorus two, you know, Kerr starts doing some of his, his theatrics. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like I spend most Alpha Talic episodes disappointed by Kirk, And I, I really don't enjoy his lead playing on this album. I don't know how you feel in general about his solos on uh, 72 Seasons. I think I'm certainly not trained enough to be able to kind of say what he could do differently sure. to make it better. But it certainly seems like he has patterns. And again, he's now in this, it seems like he's in this phase where he doesn't want to prepare. He wants to to feel um and so so when you do that you're going to fall back to any person's going to fall back to their natural comfort zones um and and so so th- these you know these kind of up and down the fretboards runs and you know kind of maybe these little triplet things that kind of play up and down the fretboard he, he seems to do that a lot and so what i would say about the solo itself is I, I've listened to this song maybe a dozen times i couldn't tell you a single thing about how the solo goes i can't think of it in my head I can't remember yeah. how wait which part it fits where it doesn't it's just not memorable to me. But there are other solos on this album that I that I really did enjoy. I mm-hmm. love the seventy two season solo. I mm-hmm. think the screaming suicide solo is 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 pretty interesting. Um, those were two that stood out for me. I think some of the stuff in the later half of the album I haven't listened to enough to really get a feel for. But yeah, so so yeah. you know he's doing his things. He's living his comfortable life and he's putting comfortable solos on it. And and you know again good for him. More power to him. But it doesn't become. It's not. It, it's certainly not the memory part of the album for me no no and it's just so lax and so devoid of any invention like i can i can practically hear his mind wandering as he plays thinking about some rare frankenstein poster or something like he just isn't in the mode here and yeah i have listened to the solo a lot and i you know watched even tabs of people playing it on youtube to try and kind of you know decipher it but there isn't really much to discover but yeah for me 
it tricked me at first, the solo, because if you listen to it, it starts with a bend. You know, that's how Kurt likes to start his solos, fair enough. But <laughs> as do many millions of other guitar players. But then it's kind of, he plays, it's kind of hard to explain really a solo, isn't it? It's kind of like dancing about architecture, but it's kind of, he plays this interesting cluster of notes where rather than just hanging in the pentatonic box, you know, the 12, 14, and just doing these kind of typical blues runs where, if you, you know, if you literally look at tablature of what he's doing, he's not moving anywhere. And you don't have to move. But like, it's indicative really of this ennui, of this inertia, and it just kind of, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere. And I can't help but, as many fans are want to do, think about Metallica in relation to Megadeth. And, you know, I'm a big Megadeth fan. I'm in no way saying Megadeth is better than Metallica at all. But one of the things that I find interesting about Megadeth is like, Hetfield, they have, you know, an OG Mustaine who's never going fucking anywhere. He's writing all the songs. He's the voice of the band. But unlike Metallica, Megadeth have this rotating uh, retinue of shit hot, normally Brazilian guitarists who just really go to town. They can't believe they're in Megadeth. They are writing the craziest <laughs> solos they can think of. And I just wish that one of those guys would have just been here and just did all of Kirk's solos instead. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm really, I'm not trying to be offensive here, but it's just like... This guy just isn't trying at all. This guy is just kind of, you know, he's getting the Yamaha keyboard and pressing demo mode. Like, it's just, it's a little infuriating, really. So, so yeah, he just goes into that. I mean, before the solo as well, we kind of have this self-harmonizing section, which is kind of wasteful and, 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 and self-indulgent. And, you know, the, the, the song entirely for me, you know, I wouldn't say it has a catchy chorus or a riff that really borrows into the psyche. But, yeah, I mean, solo ran over. Any, any thoughts about sort of the close? of the song because they do kind of throw a few new riffs at you but again a lot of those are quite nondescript yeah i think again i think it's a little bit of what they do well which is especially james is good at you know taking and whether it's james or lars or whoever's developing the song structures they're they're good at tweaking things slightly enough to make them a little more interesting than mm-hmm. they could have been so when they repeat the chorus like for instance the second chorus he adds fast breathing it's just a word of the fast it gives you a little yeah. bit of extra stuff he adds the he, he repeats the final lines one more time at the end of the song right before after the solo they and they go back to you know they have that little guitar mini uh riff on the g string and he does that little uh and then he has that other part where he comes up and you know does a up and down riff on the g string those parts are always remind me of what makes metallic great because they're 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 almost throwaways they're just a little something that they put in there that have they're in there maybe once or twice in a song and they just disappear and it just gives you a little bit more than the standard traditional song structure so so even a song like this which again is i would put this kind of in the middle of the pack of the songs on the album mm-hmm. in terms of quality it's somewhat forgettable but maybe there's a little bit of these things in there that keep it somewhat more interesting and, and catchy um so there is one there is that one part that again before they go back to the after the soul before they go back to their final chorus um final two choruses they he does that little riff and he and he's got that little slide down at the very end yeah. of the riff Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that's again that, that's a, that's a great little part it's 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 just coming in the middle of this chugging little bit that doesn't really have any purpose but it's mm-hmm. just a little catchiness and uh, i appreciate those little touches and at least gives you something to look forward to when some of the other stuff is just kind of standard and rote yeah yeah and the 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 concept of 72 seasons as a whole I don't know if you've read much on this, what James has said about this, about, you know, the sort of first 18 years of our life defining us and that kind of idea. Obviously, that's encapsulated somewhat in here and for every song on the record. Like, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that sort of, you know, being explained as a kind of central tenant of the record thematically? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, I, 
I think if it wasn't the central tenant intentionally, I think that James probably would have come to yeah. that type of way, right? He he certainly mined that that well before. It's not new territory, but to say, no. okay, each one of these songs is going to kind of fit within that structure, um, I think that that's interesting, and I think he's good at those self. Um, you know those those looking in looking inwardly in his in his experience and then translating it for everybody outside who might not have the similar experience but but can understand. So he's he's obviously a, an amazing lyric writer in general, and I think that that the theme is a common one. But I think he does it pretty well overall. I mean, this song isn't the one that's going to I think win anybody awards, but I think no. absolutely uh, the concept. If you want to call this a concept album, where it's more, more of a thematic album, but um, yeah, I think that works. I think that's a a good idea and i think he does it pretty well so obviously i like to do a little bit of research for each song uh you know this album's just come out so there's no like kind of critical literature available you know there's like reviews and stuff and reddit threads etc but one of my main ports of call for criticism is a website called allmusic.com are you familiar rick yes. yep it's a fantastic that's something i've checked a lot but I yeah oh it's, uh, something, it's something i check daily i must say um but but yeah so it's kind of like a yellow pages basically of just like music reviews but it's all kind of peer-reviewed stuff or whatever and it's just you know it's just their opinion but they cover all genres and i was thinking oh well they you know obviously they've reviewed every you know they're gonna they're gonna review 72 seasons now here's what stephen thomas erlewine says who i believe founded the site i think he's quite a senior critic he's quite an interesting man he's speaking about the very song we're talking about but he's first talking about the album uh, entirely saying quote as carefully constructed as this is there is no element out of place no moment of embarrassment outside of maybe the concluding riff of shadows follow which slightly suggests neil hefty's batman theme <laughs> now, did you hear that as it na 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 batman I mean, I get it now that I'm hearing him. Yeah, head, that's one of the things that da na 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 that slide down. So, so I can kind of see how it's got a little bit of the down up, yeah, up down up down up kind of pattern. But but let's be honest. I mean, you know, there are um, it, it, half the songs in metal have some. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. No, I just... uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting that that that's it. I probably will never unhear it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just weird. It's just like a you know five hundred word review or whatever. He doesn't mention any songs by name until right at the end when he's like, "Does Shadows Follow sound like Batman?" Like it's like, like I mean, yeah, I guess maybe. So um, yeah, guys, let us know as well, MetallicaPod at gmail what you think of Shadows Follow, and uh, also get in touch with me for the future, because we are going to be covering every song on 72 Seasons, as I say, so we've got Screaming Suicide next week, and then Sleepwalk My Life Away, still getting these titles under my tongue there, uh, Sleep Sleepwalk My Life Away will be uh, the week following, so um, so yeah, I guess finally, have you had a chance to watch the video at all, have you glimpsed the video for this that they just released? Uh, I did, yes. <laughs> So this is a. Uh, did, did you go to the um, the the cinema uh, premiere, by the way? No, no, no. That's that's for the biggest fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I didn't go either. So I was because I initially thought that these videos were the ones shown, but from what I gather, there was like a visualizer or something. So these just kind of like you know all individual videos that they're doing, like they did for Hardwired, which is a very cool concept. And this one. You know, they all basically have an elevator pitch, don't they? They're not like music videos in the traditional sense of the word. This one is basically, what if Metallica was anime, right? Right, yeah, kind of an anime that's 
I don't understand or really follow, but that's absolutely the the uh, impression that you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, I, I'm not really a big anime fan myself or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, it has kind of traces of um, it reminds me a little bit of, like the video game Smash Brothers. People might be aware of this, where you, where you kind of have these insane flying stages, and there's basically in the video there are like this giant sort of clock island made of cogs and stuff and i mean you know it works i i've got to be honest with you rick i don't know if you've seen many of the videos a lot of them are terrible i have to say a lot of them are actually unwatchable but this one's quite good oh you actually enjoyed this one i found it relatively unnecessary i mean i mean yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah yeah i mean quite good in credit like to the, credit to the yeah credit yeah. to the animator and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that if that's the kind of thing that people are into, I can see someone enjoying it. Kind of seeing Metallica in that in that world, so to speak. But but it's just kind of the same, you, you know, parts of the. It's just the band over and over, kind of repeating the same yeah. visual for however many five and a half minutes or whatever long the song is. So it it wasn't something that I would ever go back to. But you know, good for them for at least putting out something interesting. I think the interesting thing is when it comes to the videos. I don't know if you saw that they did it for seventies two seasons. They're they're putting out an ASL version. Oh, that's cool. for yeah. can't you know people who need sign language i highly recommend you go watch the video it's really cool <laughs> i mean they also put the, they put the captioning but yeah. the woman who was doing the oh asl God, is so amazing i've never seen music done in asl before and she is like rocking out like to explain like how when when they're riffing like on the dun and she's doing that and it's really just amazing that she's doing that and then she's ASLing the words in some way it's it's really just impressive mm. one it's cool that they do that and two it's just a unique way to see the the video um so i highly recommend that people look at those i don't know if they're going to do that for every song but um i think they are i'm sure they are yeah yeah like you know if i know lars I, I, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? It's just, again, Metallica just going the next step, the next level, like doing things that just bands don't normally do. That's why I love them so much. So, yep. so yeah, um, this has been Shadows Follow. Again, guys, let us know what you think of this tune as well. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, MetallicaBot at gmail.com. If you want to help support the show and get access to Alpha Metallica before it drops for the main feed, then you can support us there. I'll put the link down below for the Patreon. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes check out us on i was gonna say youtube but the youtube channel got taken down during covid annoyingly for like some random i have no idea why reason so i think i uploaded too many like <laughs> I, I tried to do a video where i did metallica through the years a video video so it'd be like you know two minutes of 86 on 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 and i think that just that just annoyed the censors <laughs> so uh, so that got taken down but um rick what about yourself like is there anything you'd like to promote or oh no i'm on twitter but there's nothing really to talk about there. So, uh, uh, so nope, just happy that there's good music out there and trying to live a, a good life. What What about, I guess finally then, because I know you're quite a music head like myself, like what are some recent albums, like even like in the last year or so, ones that have really stuck okay. out to you that you've enjoyed? Um, well, you know, non-metal, probably mm. the band that's been the most impactful to me over the last couple of years is a band from New Zealand called The Beths. The, the Beths, the I know the name, yeah, they, they're they good then, okay, like, The Beths. Uh, they're, they're growing in popularity over the last couple of years, yeah, they've got yeah. in the last, like, five years that, that have, or six years, they're kind of catchy, power pop indie rock, um, so the latest album's called Expert in a Dying Field, came out in fall, I like that, 22. Okay, um, and it's field. just, their songs are just hummable song, hummable sing-along after another, and the songwriter, and, you know, it's, 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 it's that perfect blend of 
the songwriter is the and singer Beth Stokes. She, she writes really creative lyrics about really standard music topics, heartbreak, loneliness, fear. And it's all within this, you know, catchy, sunny music. Mm. It's got some power to it. It's not just like noodly. It's got okay. some distortion. There's some, I, I, I cannot recommend them the month, recommend them enough. Um, I, think, I think anybody who likes catchy music would, would just immediately take to them. Brilliant. The Beths. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've got that saved to my Spotify. Um, have you heard of a band called Cheek Face? They sound a little bit like Cheek Face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cheek Face. Uh, I don't know enough of them to say that they're in the similar. Right, similar, right, right. Um, Cheek Face are a good band, though. I'd say people should check them out as well. Yeah, very sort of sardonic, Tom okay. Verlaine, kind of quite quite snappy songwriting, you know, not scared to kind of go off piste to just mention like an NFT or a non sequitur, but very kind of centralized and driven. And um, I will check out the Beths, and I probably will never listen to Shadows Follow again, but regardless, <laughs> it's been a fun few days. Uh, no, I'm sure it'll come up on my. Because that's the thing. Uh, you know, doing this Metallica podcast again, I'm listening to the songs all the time on Spotify. So they're going to go into my top 100 of the year, which I love my top 100 of the year playlist. So it's like, this song's never going to leave me. You know, that whole album's going to be on there. So uh, anyway, yeah, guys. I, I don't think I'll be, I mean, I, I, I do, I, I'm not a, probably yeah. not a Spotify user much. So I have everything streaming, you know, in my library, basically. I, I don't think Shadows Files is going to make it into the library. I think that's <laughs> not going to be on my radar no well yeah again again guys go back and check out the episodes with rick where now that i think about it this is the first metallica song we've actually covered that they wrote yep so that is a little quirk there but yeah go back and uh we we talked about skinnard and uh diamond head and you know it was it was a fun time fun time was had so yeah guys um help support the show don't follow Rick on Twitter. Check out the Beths. And, uh, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Rick, thanks again. Happy to do it. Nice to talk to you.